Hey, welcome back to Wasting Warbler. This is Megan, and that's Jim over there. Jim, say hi. Hey! Yeah! And uh, we're going to talk about cosplay and cosplay-related issues. So, Jim, what have you been up to? Mostly I've been renovating a room in the basement for us, very specifically for foam smithing. The room we're in! It is currently the room we're recording in. We're also either making this recording studio or making another recording studio in our house. I know it sounds like we have a lot of rooms in our house. We do not. We have like a 900 square foot house, guys. <laughs> Part of this is that we were kind of doing foam smithing all over the place before, which means we didn't have a room with proper ventilation. We were just kind of relying on fans in windows and open doors and all this other nonsense, and our stuff was spread around. So if we have just a foam smithing room, uh, I can talk about how I set it up. We can delve more into that in a minute. Uh, what have you been working on, Megan? Yeah, I haven't really been up to anything. I'm really in the planning stages still of all of my costumes. So I'm basically doodling out what I want to embroider onto capes or ordering ears on Etsy. And uh, that's really that's really it. I've been helping down here sometimes. But the other reason that we started moving stuff down here is because we found out that the uh, the foam fumes are not good for small animals. And that might be why our cat's been having a respiratory problem. <laughs> So well, it's time no, to our, move everything out of down upstairs. Our cat's always had a respiratory problem. He's had cat asthma since we got that cat. Well, yeah, but uh, he was kind of... They were puking a little more than usual, and... They were slightly off last month. We know, took we, them to the vet, and they seemed okay. But yeah, the still vet said they were fine. Better safe than sorry. I still want to move everything out of upstairs. Um, so what we did down in this room is I added a ceiling. Uh, more for sound in case we do do recording down here. But it also, it will keep... A little bit of excess fumes from any paint or foam from going up through whatever cracks in the hardwood floor to the first floor. We've added um, hooks in the ceiling for hanging stuff while we uh, coat the foam, paint the foam, really painting any of our props. Uh, I purchased a portable ventilation fan. It's portable because it has a plug. It's not portable because you move it. I want to make that clear. It's, I mean, it's, it's not large. It's not large, but it says portable because that's like the UL listing on it. So I'm going to attach an 8-inch duct to that. I'm going to duct it out the current glass window, which I'm going to be replacing with foam and plywood. Um, it's a basement window, so it's not gonna, no one's even going to notice. Goodbye, natural sunlight. We didn't get any in here anyway. <laughs> There's a bush in front. There is. Um... But that'll really help down here. Uh, we purchased some new respirator masks. We only had one kicking around before, and it wasn't in great condition. Mm -mm. And other than that, I think I've just been trying to get this room ready to start doing work. I got the pattern for my Voltron helmet uh, from Evil Ted, who has seemingly the best patterns. I'm going to be making my own patterns for the chest and leg armor, so we'll see how that goes when the time comes. Yeah, and... Uh... Yeah, and the other thing we did was we bought an airbrush, which I'm pretty excited about. I used to do a lot of airbrushing in high school, so I can't wait to get back into that and seeing how it steps up the painting props and armor game. We we moved my 3D printer back to the other room. It used to be in this room, and before that it was in the room next door, so we moved it back next door and put a heater in place, so that should be happy all winter. We actually added heat to both of these rooms, which is very important because these were unheated rooms before. They never got particularly cold. Unheated basement rooms. But I would say in the dead of winter, because Jim, we live in... Jim was never sewing down here all winter long. I don't sew, so... Uh, but in the dead of winter, when it's negative 12 degrees outside and it's 50 degrees in here, yes, it's cold, <laughs> but is it negative 8 out? Mm, it's 
again, you weren't sewing down it's here warm. all I'm not winter. It's warm. But now we have heat. I'm so excited about heat. We have heat in these rooms. Uh, that was another reason I put in a ceiling in here so I could kind of insulate the room a little mm -hmm. bit to kind of contain the heat. Especially with an exhaust fan that'll be running, it's going to be kind of a losing battle. We're going to turn off the heat, finish the exhaust work, turn the heat back on. Otherwise, the heat will just pump and pump and pump. And we'll be heating outside. Really, I'm just happy that my, my 3D printer has a heater now because before things would warp when it wasn't warm in the winter and I'd bring my printer upstairs and it would have its own little table in the dining room, which is already not a large area. And the cats would the be cats there. The cats would get into it and get hair all up in there. So I'm just really happy my printer has a place now. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, you were talking about planning your stuff. Mm. What are your planning? Uh, what's your planning process for costumes? It's mostly screaming into the abyss and then spending way too much money on fabric. I'm just making a face at me as if I'm joking, but I'm not. Yeah, my, my planning process usually starts with uh, just finding the right patterns usually, and more times than not, the patterns that you can buy don't work, so I have to piece together other patterns and just Frankenstein them into something workable. I started learning the absolute basis, basics of draping this year, and I bought myself like a base, like a, uh, an intro to draping textbook from like Fashion School 101, so I'm going to start teaching myself some stuff out of that. Which will be a bit of an uphill battle because, like, no one's teaching me, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, from there, I just kind of figure out what fabric I need. Spend way too much time in Joann's and the, uh, what's that thing called? The Fabric Superstore over in Auburn. Oh, the Auburn Fabric Superstore where they have all the fabrics you want for, and everything's $2 a yard? It's, something, it's like, yeah, something like that. It's not everything I want all the time, but I did buy all the fabric I needed for my Mara Jade costume for, like... 20 bucks. Like, if you need plain, simpler fabrics, that's the place to go. Oh, yeah. Also, when they had those sweet, sheer fabrics that were multicolored. Those were pretty cool. I think we still cool. have some of one of those. Oh, did we get some? We might have. I didn't think we did. I'm going to look. We might have. Anyway. I want to use that for something. I don't even know what. Moving on. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to use it. We come up with a sweet, it. sweet idea. We need to go back there. Last time we went, it was in the middle of a snowstorm, though, so we almost died four times trying to get there. Actually, I think the last time we went, they were closed. Yes, we didn't go there that time. No, they were closed because of the snowstorm. Right. Anyway. Yeah, it was a mess. The whole thing was just a disaster. What about you? What's your planning process? My planning process is to basically go step-by-step -step costume at a time. Until I'm at a point where, it, like, where I was with my Mercy costume, where I could say, okay, this is drying, let me move on to this, okay, this is it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm definitely not at that point yet. I'm cutting out patterns and trying to figure out how to do chest and leg armor and all that nonsense. So you're definitely starting with your Voltron one first. Yes. I should say our Voltron costumes first. Yes. What are you going to do from there? What do you think? I'll probably start working on the Magnus props after that. I have some cool ideas for... Hey, you were talking about that yesterday. I'm excited to see how you do the shield. Yes, Magnus from The Adventure Zone. If you can never say it like that ever again, then The Adventure Zone. This is how I'm going to talk. Oh, it hurts from me. From now on. Have fun editing this. It hurts me really oh. bad. No, I'm keeping that in. I'm angry about it. That's fine. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I do this other thing with my costumes where I work on four of them at one time, and then I panic and hate myself. 
A plus. Good job, Megan. You did that less uh, setting up for Dragon Con than you normally do, so that was a plus, you know? I was just more organized about it. I was still doing three costumes at one time. Yeah. I, was, uh, I just got really good at saying, all right, I'm done sewing this, so it's time to move on to that and panic about something different. Yeah, uh, so looking forward over, like, the next couple of weeks, like, what's one of your goals you want to work towards? I don't... I don't know like if I have things you want to do or learn or etc. I think I want to start basically doing some more hands-on draping stuff. It'd be pretty cool if I could start wrapping my mind around that in more of an actual 3D kind of way. And I think it depends heavily on what we end up doing for Halloween when everyone comes to visit. If, if, if people want to do a group, I'm probably going to work on throwing one of those together. And if no one really cares, I'll probably just recycle one of my old costumes and call it a day and work on new things. Which reminds me, what do you want to do for Halloween? That's a good question. We do live in Massachusetts, very close to the Halloween capital of the world. Yes, my brother and his girlfriend are coming to visit, and they want to go to Salem. We're definitely going to wear costumes to Salem and Halloween, which will be equal parts hell, but also kind of fun, I think. I mean, you've never been to Salem on Halloween. It's been to Salem in October. Yeah, like... Halloween just steps it up to a notch that is just terrible. Just, just the worst. <laughs> Jim's really psyched for this. So we what are live, you going to wear? I'm going to figure that out, but we live basically 25 minutes from Salem. Uh, last time I drove in on Halloween, it took me around two hours. Yeah. So one of the things I want to work towards is learning the basics of the foam stuff, like I've got the real basics down, but I want to start getting the shaping better and getting the the coverage and heating and molding better. And then I want to learn how to sew with a machine, because I can sew by hand. I can sew by hand like a motherfucker. I cannot sew with a machine. I don't know why. I can teach you how to sew with a machine. That'll Jam it, the needles fall out, catch on fire. That doesn't sound thing. like things that really happen. Yeah, I'd love to start learning the foam too. So I think when you start getting really into that, I'll probably start hovering a bunch and helping out with that and just starting to learn uh, all the foam techniques as well because that was something I also sat in a lot at Dragon Con. Just sat on all those same panels and like demonstrations, so I'd really like to learn how to do that. And uh, yes, we could basically teach each other stuff that we've learned so far. Well, the biggest thing I've learned is that you just have to have patience. Like when you're working with foam, you have to make the same cuts a million times and yeah, but the same thing you said for sewing. the same sewing. thing a million times and all that, you know, so. Yeah, but, I mean, I could say the exact same thing for sewing the costume. It's yeah. all just, all patience. It's all measuring twice. The other thing about foam is that it's, and I think they made a good point of this at the foam smithing panel we went to, was to not be precious about it. Hmm. Because foam is cheaper and a little easier to work with than a lot of other stuff, so you don't have to be precious about it. Like, when we're working with the Warbler, it's like, this Warbler is so expensive for sheet, I can't fuck it up. Hmm. Um, although I did learn what to do with all of our little scrap pieces of Warbler. What are you doing with the scrap Warbler? Uh, you can use it to do detailing. You can heat mold them all together and make, you can (laughs) roll it like you would Silly Putty. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this was a terrible sound on the mic. Um, you can roll it like you would Silly Putty to kind of make a string and start doing detailing with it. So that was cool. I was watching somebody do that with armor. Okay. I bet that'd be cool for, like, braiding. Could be. Ooh, that's an idea. Could be. Yeah, but in general, I feel like this episode hasn't been super organized. Like, we didn't have necessarily a specific topic to talk about. 
but we're also between a lot of things. So I think once we get a little bit more actually into the costumes we want to make, we'll have more organized stuff to talk about and actual discussions to have. But uh, a question that I'd gotten, if you're ready to move on to a question. Sure. Cool. And I think this is a question for you as an electrician, is how did oh, we... Don't put that... Don't, don't you put that evil on me. Uh, too late, shot not, is how did we add lights to our costumes? Like, how, how do you rig up your costumes with lights? And I know there's a lot of cosplayers who do this way more successfully than I have, but uh, you're a professional in this field, so how do you do it? I mean, you're going to have to do a bunch of things. You're going to have to figure out what color light you want. Are you having shielding behind it? Are they going to be hidden between layers of foam? So just the edge of the light shining out. Once you figure that out, you need to get the LEDs you want, whether it's going to be like a white, an amber, a blue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're putting like a color lens over it, you're probably going to want to go uh, bright or soft white and let the light just shine through the colored lens, which gives you a little more leeway in how you install your lights. They can be a little bit less clean inside because you have a lens covering them. If you're just going straight lights, you need to kind of hide them between your seams and then look at what they require for power. Then you're gonna have to look at what type of LEDs you bought. If you get ones with wire leads on them, it can make your life a little easier if you're not great at soldering. If you didn't, you're going to be getting LEDs in straight diodes or in LED strips. You might have to do some soldering. Uh, in that case, you're going to want to look up some YouTube videos on soldering. You're going to have to learn to tin the wire and then uh, directly put the wire on the diode or the board. Then you take your voltage calculation to see what you need, whether it's 6 volt, 12 volt, etc. And then you need to figure out if you need a resistor or not. If you're putting in straight diodes, you might need to drop a resistor in. It could be problematic if you don't. If you're using uh, the board-style LEDs, which often come in really, really super convenient rolls that have sticky back tape built onto them, and I can't recommend these enough. We put these under bars. They last a long time. They have sticky back tape on them. They're really bright. They're super reliable. They can make a connection if you're not, if you figure out you're not good at soldering, some people aren't good at soldering, they make, they come with a little connection kit. Uh, they're, they're pretty good and they're pretty cheap. You can get a roll of 15 feet of them for, I want to say, between 20 and $35 for the white. Uh, you can get the color changing ones, but then you're looking at getting a digital controller and running a lot of wiring inside yourself and that can be problematic. When you're looking at your power source, you need to find what, so we've already figured out our voltage and all that and our amperage. You're gonna to wanna to find your power source, whether it's a nine volt battery. Uh, we just used a 12 volt power pack to power the LEDs in Megan's tracer chest piece. Uh, this was really convenient for us because it was easily removable because we had to pack this costume into a suitcase and had an on-off switch so we could turn it off when we weren't using it without having to disconnect everything. So once we got to the hotel room, we were able to connect everything, put the battery pack in its little pocket, and turn it on and off. So figure out your power source, and once you figure out your power source, you can see the size of your power source. Then you have to figure out where you're going to, get the, where you're going to store that. Uh, don't forget that when you're doing this, you can put batteries in series. Which is basically, the battery pack we bought puts all the batteries in series. So, 
I think AA batteries are 1.5 volts. I think that sounds right. So, what do you mean by putting a battery in a series? So when you put batteries, you can either put in parallel or series, the basics. In parallel, you're hooking up all of the batteries basically at the same time. In series, you're hooking up the positive end to the next negative end, and the positive end to the next negative end. You're making one giant long battery out of it. So by connecting however many 1.5 volt batteries, you're creating one 12 volt battery. Which is basically what you do in your remote and your power packs and all that nonsense. That's how batteries work. Uh, so if you don't have room for a big 9 volt battery, you can probably get a bunch of really small hearing aid batteries, you know, the little circly disc ones. And you might be able to get enough of those together to get the 6 or 12 or 9 volts you need for whatever LEDs you're running. That's only if you're running like one or two LEDs and you don't want to run a lot of wires and power packs, you could probably be able to insert a small battery like that. There's also, I mean, you can go to Home Depot and look at the battery section. There's all kinds of little cool batteries that are 12 and 6 volts, little camera batteries, flash batteries, etc. Uh, then you get to look at your wire. You want something that is tough enough to stand up to you moving if it's in your costume. And you want to leave a little bit of slack for your joints. If you leave it too tight when you go to flex your joint, you're going to rip the wire. Wire at the size you're using is very thin. It's breakable. That's just how that's going to happen. Um, but do some research. I think uh, Kamui Cosplay. So do you pronounce that? I believe so. I think Kamui Cosplay just recently is just did or is about to put out a book on installing LED lights in your props, and she has been doing this for a really long time, and all of her stuff looks amazing. Uh, I'm just an electrician, so I know how to install lights. Like, that's the basics of it. But the key things are, look up the color of your lights, look up how clean you want your finish, figure out your voltage, make sure you have tough and tough wire with enough slack on it. If you use the thinnest possible wire you can get, you're going to break it. If you use the thick thickest possible wire you can get, uh, you're not going to be able to bend. So, you know, a good quality strand of wire. We ended up using lamp cord in the tracer costume because lamp cord ended up being the same color as a bunch of the costumes. So we were able to hide it easily. It's fairly tough. It's fairly cheap. Blah, blah, blah. Um, another cosplayer uh, that I would really suggest looking up for good examples of putting lights in things is lightning cosplay. And they just recently, I think today or yesterday, posted a thing about... Uh, how they put in lights and how it is that they're they uh, install the different colors. Yeah, I feel like you help me with a lot of my personal lighting up costumes. So yeah. I mean, I know I say I've only been cosplaying for a month or two. Uh, so I think of the five costumes I've made in my life, one of them was a Tony Stark costume, a casual Tony Stark costume, which is to say it was so casual, the most cas. I wore like a white A shirt tank top. Uh, and I cut a hole in it. I attached, very painfully, might I add, a homemade arc reactor to my chest. He glued it to himself with glue. No, actually, I didn't. The glue slid off. I had to use a permanent. No, the permanent didn't stick. I had to use outdoor double-sided sticky tape, which ripped part of my skin off when we took it off. It was great. It was real sexy. Um, and then I made a small arm piece out of metal, and that was that. And then was... he put a tie on his head. I did put a tie. No, that was the next day when I was drunk to <laughs> But that was, uh, that was like a real basic costume I made a long time ago because we were going to New York Comic Con and they said I needed a costume. He did, and he was the most popular cosplayer in our group. 
But I basically just made, uh, I took some LED lights, I put them in the thermoplast that you can put in hot water and mold into a clearish whitish thermoplast. Made an arc reactor out of that. Spun up some copper wire, jammed it in, and made the arc reactor. I believe we threw that away when we moved about 10 years ago. Yeah, it was pretty dead by that point, though. Like, it wasn't even salvageable. Actually, it was le less than 10 years ago, but still a while ago. Yeah, it wasn't. That piece wasn't salvageable, though. So it I was think not. We, I think we got rid of it. We should remake that sometime, just because we can. Mm, maybe. Hmm. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to go over? No, not really. Uh, we've been talking about what, co what conventions to go to next. I'm trying to talk everybody into KatsuCon. And we might also be trying to talk everybody into ASAN over in Chicago. Yep, yep. What about uh, CuscoCon? That's a thing Cusco that Con? Jim made up, CuscoCon. It's a convention all about Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Please don't sue us, Disney. We well, legit think us. this is a great I idea. I think Disney knows that they own Emperor's New Groove. Don't, don't remind them. No, but I would go to that. That sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> Um, Alright, what about you? What about me? You were talking about co uh, conventions we're both going to, so I don't know what about me. Uh, I didn't know if you had anything <laughs> to add or anything that you wanted to say. Nope. Alright, so I think that's I think that's a wrap from us for this week. We'll, uh, we'll try to be back with more organized stuff next time. Hopefully we'll actually... Some actual progress. <laughs> Hopefully we'll make some actual progress. I've made Maybe some I'll... progress in this room. You, I'm very, it looks great. Yeah, hopefully we'll be back next time with some actual progress. I'll actually, I don't know, break ground on some fabric or start embroidering a thing. And Jim will start making foam into a helmet. So, yeah, thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks much for listening. You can email us at wastingwarbla at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wastingwarbla. You can find me on either Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Haby Cosplays. Haby is spelled H-A-B-I-E. And for Jim, you can find him at Speeder Parker on Twitter or James F. Colleran on Instagram. Thanks much. Have a good night.